0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. When he was arrested, of course, at that point, although his name had been maybe out there amongst the people in the know, like he really had no criminal convictions at that point. I mean, he was living a very appearingly respectable life in a very nice home. He was, to all intents and purposes, a respectable businessman
0: this guy, you know, Ireland's biggest tiger kidnapper, and, and which is what he was at that stage. And I mean, you wouldn't have had that kind of level of guard operation unless they thought this is the number one target. It's all about projecting power and sending out message from, from everyone. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He once
1: headed up a gang who specialised in multi-million euro bank heists, but now Stefan Saunders is set to use his skills to launch a new career as a locksmith. Last year, Cab seized two homes as well as luxury cars from Saunders after they were declared the proceeds of crime in the High Court. Gardy had given evidence of how Saunders was the leader of a notorious gang linked to tiger kidnappings and bank robberies, and had gone on a decade-long spending spree with his wife. But now it has emerged that the poacher has turned gamekeeper, as Saunders is set to start a new career after his wife set up a locksmith business. I'm Niall Donald, and today I'm talking with Eamon Dillon about the life and crimes of Stefan Saunders. This is Crime World podcast from sundayworld.com so it's not every uh criminal that we do on crime world has his own organized crime gang named after him but Stephen saunders is one of those people that is the level of significance the guardie gave him
0: yeah i mean during the, the recent criminal asset bureau hearings it was you know it was just referred to as the saunders organized crime gang or group as they say the ocg which is i think the acronym they like to use in polite circles yes um but yeah, I mean, I mean, he was the leader of a gang that uh, absolutely terrorized ATM delivery drivers for a good part of a, a decade, if not more. Um,
1: yeah, because I mean, we, obviously, they've, they've become maybe less prominent in recent times, obviously, partly due to the fact that cash is, 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 is being used less and less, maybe. But certainly at, in the 2000s in particular, there was a spate of really high profile cash um, uh, robberies or planned robberies of cash and transit vans and obviously there was a huge spike in tiger kidnappings as well I suppose that would have been in the late uh, 90s early 2000s and Stefan Saunders was regarded by the police uh, as being one of the most professional outfits and obviously uh, he was back in the news this week because despite his criminal past he's now uh, been linked to a totally uh, Different, if if slightly
0: related business, I suppose you could say. Well, I suppose you, you could call it bank robber adjacent work. Yeah. in that, yeah, he's it, been linked to a locksmith company, which his wife apparently is the main shareholder of and company secretary. Yeah, um, his wife Tammy now was also mentioned in the in the cab hearings as an active member of the yeah. Saunders OCG. So she obviously is not the the, the quite re- re- shy retiring type that she she was considered as having taken part in. You know, elements of the gang's activities and mostly her role was to launder money. But she'd also been arrested back in 2010, according to the affidavits that were filed in, in the cab case, uh, for her part in sourcing vehicles and phones that were then used by people suspected of being involved in, in, a, in a tiger kidnapping that was quite serious so i mean it's 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 unusual i suppose that they're going into the lock and forth in business but maybe not as unusual
1: as you think it's interesting actually that they they described the firm as having a old fashioned values
0: which was it was yeah it was on the website yeah i mean it was they're 20 years and building it up and it was registered as a company in in february 2022 but they've been 20 years in business according to their own their own website so you can make what you want of that um but yeah, I mean, it's obviously, it's something that we knew about him before, like it had been out that he he is a self-taught um, locksmith and had been known to have carried the, the tools of the trade of a locksmith on him. Um, I mean, he, he, you know, it's even, it's, a, it's apparent in like one of the robberies he was involved in, like they, they actually did break in and moved sensors behind a, a ceiling tile so, you know, they're able to get in and out of buildings. And this is all before a robbery happens. So, I mean, it's a, it's obviously a very useful skill, I guess, to have. And I mean, if you're going to be a very unethical journalist, you could possibly say we should all be <laughs> learning how to pick locks. So if we get left alone in the appropriate office, we can yes. get to the minister's files before the coffee's served. And well, if you weren't an ethical journalist, we wouldn't
1: have you here. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, Stefan Saunders, I suppose um, we, we've written about him, obviously, over the years. But I mean, there's there's really three crimes Three really high-profile crimes that he has been linked to. Um, one of them he is convicted of. One of them he was charged, but ultimately found not guilty. And one of them he was never uh, uh, prosecuted in relation to. But these were three of the sort of the big headline crimes of of of, of their day. I mean, the first one um, was in the two thousands. Um, uh, it was uh, all all around
0: bank robberies, really. And, yeah, there'd actually been a space. I mean. Like the Saunders gang was probably a follow-on from. I don't know if you remember Derek Murphy and his gang. They were, they were, they were. I think he was the first guy who was convicted on the back of DNA when they held. Um, I think it was the manageress of a restaurant, and he left a cigarette butt somewhere that was picked up, and they were able to link him to it. And he got he got fifteen plus years. They were a very violent gang, and they were very active around this time, uh, and they were targeting the vans that were coming to fill ATMs. So I mean, you know, like like everything else. You know, I suppose the economy was really picking up at that stage, and there was ATMs appearing, uh, you, you know, in places where they hadn't been. So there was a lot more money sloshing around, and there was, I suppose, a window of opportunity for, you know, these determined gangsters. Because I mean, it's it's there's always a risk you're going to get shot by the, the emergency response unit or somebody. Like when you're doing these things, especially like if you're if you're carrying firearms, even if they're even if they're if they're fake. So it was around this time. It, it was um, it was Brinks Allied were targeted. Um, and they actually had an inside man. It was a 1.8 million cash and transit theft. It was described as, but they had an inside man and his job uh, for the gang. They suspect that was organized by Saunders was them. Um, they got them to stop the, the, uh, the van for refreshments. out in Coolock um, And when he, his colleague opened the door that the cash van to, to let him back in, he switched off the alarm and one of the robbers got in, and, you know, obviously took control of the situation. They parked up the van elsewhere. And, um, Basically took their phones, disabled the alarms, and they, they just they took the cash um and that was it. Never to be seen again. One point eight million, tidy, tidy days work. Um a huge sum, really.
1: Um and it, this was, you know, a lot of these these uh robbery specialists, I suppose you could you could call it, were all coming from sort of the north side of Dublin. Um, Derek Murphy had talked about it again, he was only convicted in recent years and is back behind. Bars for a separate crime. But there was a kind of a speciality going on. And, and this Stefan Saunders would have been a young, young man back then. Um, he would have been maybe a more junior gang member at that stage, but he was to continue to rise up. Um, and in 2010 he was part of one of these terrifying tiger kidnappings which again are 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 probably less prominent but there was a spate of really terrifying ones of them and and this is one of these
0: yeah. cases yeah the one the one in in, in 2010 again like and, you know it involves uh, you know a member of a security you know a security company i think it was G a 4GS um and his his elderly mother and a niece, an eight-year-old niece were, were held in a house in Ring's End and he was basically forced to go and, and collect money. Uh, it was 134000 There was probably, information was there was going to be more to it. Um, and again, he, he was originally arrested over that as was his wife Tammy um, for her part in, in you, you know, her support of, of the gang behind it. Uh, Stefan Saunders was, char- was charged along with Jeffrey Melvin. Uh, now, Jeff took off in, in 2012 and disappeared off to Spain. Um, and, and in the meantime, Stefan Saunders successfully challenged through the courts, the the legality of a search that was carried out his house.
1: Yeah. I mean, not to go into the sort of technical bits of it, because it's kind of complicated, but the warrant was basically judged to be unconstitutional. Um, you know, so he was, he was subsequently cleared of that, despite the sort of book of evidence that had been presented at that stage. Je- uh, Jeffrey Melvin, uh, we used to do the odd story of him over in Spain and in various other places in the world, posing with various, uh, you know, while on the run. Um, ultimately, he was arrested in Spain. I think he'd spent some time in other countries as well. Um, and he was convicted of of the
0: events. Yeah, he, he was lifted in Alicante in 2016. And I think that was in 2018 then he was he was brought to court. Now, it was said in court that uh, he wasn't necessarily present at the raid himself. What he actually admitted to was a uh, uh, conspiring to commit a robbery, and he'd supplied vehicles to it. He's he's originally a mechanic from Ratothan, County Meath. Um, but he, he, like it was also mentioned in court this time that you know he was part of a gang that was was involved at that stage. The guards would believe like a dozen as what they described as well planned robberies. So this was just you know one of many. So we've touched on the 2005 one, but there were others where you know the guards you know had even less inkling of. How they carried out, uh, you know, of the individual. They obviously suspected them um, the likes of Melvin. Like he, he he is considered a key member of the gang at that time.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean the tiger kidnappings as well, which were <clears throat> are you know particularly traumatic for for the families involved. I suppose most people know what a tiger kidnapping was, but the basic idea, and I think it was imported from the UK into Ireland in 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 around the turn of the century, maybe even a bit before. But it, rather than trying to break into a bank or hold up a, a bank or hold up a, a cash and transit van, what they would do would be uh, basically kidnap a member of, of a bank's a bank, staff, workers, family, and threaten them and force the bank worker then to go in and into the facility and just take the money and hand it over to them. And it was a really terrifying thing because really you're asking bank employees to say, um, you know, to leave their family, you know, to phone the police while their their families are 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 in the hands of these armed raiders, and they were very uh, dangerous people. A lot of these gang members, like I mean, Stephen Saunders, it was always being said that he was flying people over to Eastern Europe and to go on weapons training, and there was some pictures published in in various papers. So these were very serious people. Now, ultimately, Stephen Saunders, he basically got caught red-handed in two thousand and sixteen.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he was, he was. I think it was Operation Woven or something was the name of the guard operation. And it was, you know, I think it was the various intelligence units and organized crime and drugs and more than likely the national surveillance units were all involved. And they were at least six months keeping an eye on the main figures. Um, and, and this particular location in Dulik, it was kind of a, it was, it was a no longer, the building was no longer being used by AIB, but there was still an ATM there. Um, and they were, they were spotted four times in a coffee shop across the road on the Fridays that the, the van was coming to deliver. And on two other occasions, they were in a van nearby, you know, keeping an eye on things. Um, on one occasion, they broke a window in, in the van, uh, I think to, you know, and, and kind of two uniformed Gardaí with, you know, who had no idea that places been watched by their colleagues turned up to to look at it. And obviously that was possibly, uh, you know, an attempt to kind of see, how long, uh, you know, the response like the time was going to be. Now, just and, yeah, and of course, and this was this, the same target then that they, they got into and moved a sensor alarm up uh, behind a um, a ceiling tile so that when they did plan the robbery or when they did go in, yeah. they wouldn't se- set it off. Of course, what they didn't know was the fact that, one, they were being watched, and two, that the, the guards themselves got into the building and put in their own microphones so that they were listening when... Um, Saunders and 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 Noonan and then their uh, Damien Noonan and their getaway driver Francis Murphy waited from outside right in, a, in a BMW and they were chatting and they knew they were armed because they were talking about it. They were talking about the use of firearms. Um, and when they went in, I think it was there was quite a, a large number. I think the number mentioned in, in the court reports was something like twenty five armed officers at the scene. And he had a, a Makarov pistol, one of these kind of Eastern European made um, automatic pistols. Now it turns out. While there was a, a bullet in the breech and a full magazine, there were actually blanks. And he, he Saunders was was spotted holding this, and I suppose did the smart thing, threw it away when faced with a, several yeah. <laughs> like uh, armed guards. And and he's and he's um his colleague Noonan threw away the, the crowbar they had, and they, you know they were wearing radio sets. He was wearing um you know a ballistic vest, you know, obviously obviously say bulletproof vest. Um, they had brought in a little bottle of petrol and wax paper, you know, the paper for, uh, you'd wrap a loaf of bread in, that was going to be used to set fire to the BMW when they got away. Um, They had, uh, I think, bleach and a sheet and it was all to do with kind of uh, trying to destroy any forensic evidence. They had two layers of clothes over which they wore like, you know, a shirt and tie and a jacket and, you know, it, it was meticulously planned and I mean, you know there's reports that he'd been trained in counter surveillance obviously the, the 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 guards who were on it were were slightly of a higher standard yeah. than than he was and they they were ready and waiting for him and i mean and that was the only way they were going to get him i mean it just shows you like it it took that level of planning on the guards part to know that they're going to have to get him red handed because you know, as subsequently they found, he they were so careful with leaving any forensic clues behind, anything that could link him to the scene. They even brought plastic bottles to urinate in so that yeah. they weren't going to leave, you know, the slightest, um, you know, scintilla of evidence that could be used against him to link him to the scene. Because when he was arrested, of course, at that point, although his name had been maybe out
1: there in, in amongst the people in the know, like he really had no criminal convictions at that point. I mean, he was living a very, uh, appearingly respectable life in a in a very nice home, and um, he was, to all intents and
0: purposes, uh, a respectable businessman. Yeah, I mean, he was a well, he is a, a father of three. He trained as a plasterer, um, which was, I think, pointed out in the cab hearings that he didn't actually finish his final exam. Um, of course, he was making the argument that you know a lot of work. Done on the house that costs several hundred thousand. That he did it himself because he, you know, had the skills to do it. So I mean, like to all intents and purposes, he lived uh, an outwardly, you know, normal life. Um, Tommy worked kind of doing uh, dressmaking and I think making cushions and dresses, this sort of thing. Um, she, they, they had a firm called U Design, which again was mentioned in the cab hearings. Um, and they both drew a wage from that at one stage. Now there was no evidence. In the end, the judge threw out the the. He, he just said there was no evidence to show that this is this particular firm was used to launder money. Um, but that you know, but the, the house that they were living in Hazelbrook in in um, in Cluny, you know, it was typical. You know, a lovely you know, it's a lovely sized house. You know, it's the height of the Celtic Tiger. New, they, new they, kind they, of building, they, very very nice home. Yeah. and and they, they they bought like and it was very much a it, it was a spending spree from his ill-gotten gains. They, they also bought an investment property in Finglas, which was since sold, and that was used to pay off some of the mortgage against uh, against Hazel, Hazelbury by by the banks because um, they they stopped paying the mortgage at a certain point. Um, obviously, the the I, you know the arrest kind of I suppose um, uh, disrupted the income stream yeah. for the family to some extent. Uh, but yeah i mean look he hadn't been like he hadn't been particularly known um and, and certainly again it's one of these things that would have been difficult to write about him because you know he had escaped um, prosecution in 2010 like he 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 wasn't even charged in relation with with uh, 2005 and while he may well have been, you know, at that stage, it didn't matter who told you, we weren't going to be able to write about it, calling this guy, you know, Ireland's, you know, no. biggest tiger kidnapper, and and which is what he was at that stage. And I mean, you wouldn't have had that kind of level of guard operation unless they thought, like, you know, this is the number one target. And, you know, it's all about projecting power and sending out message from from everyone. So this is an important one, I think, for the guards to get. And they were very happy with it at the time.
1: Yeah. And he was, of course, living the, at- Massive high life as well as owning properties. He was, you know, foreign travel. All of that sort of huge spending sprees that, that eventually, when Cab went through it and and took the to home, um, they they. They had brought in forensic accountants who again showed that these this foreign travel, all that sort of stuff, wasn't just wasn't achievable on on the legitimate sources of yeah. income
0: that they had. Yeah, and even the way they did it, like I mean, six weeks holidays in Florida, but it was paid for with other people's credit cards. So they were, you know, weren't even using credit cards and thinking that you know it's a way of hiding their spending and giving you know Joe Blogs the money who then booked the flights for you. But I mean, the bring transit robbery in two thousand and five, I think it was two point five million was stolen. Um one thirty-four uh, K for the for the two thousand and ten. And the 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 one where he was caught was potentially a two million euro um heist that was going to be. And then of course there was the half dozen others that were not sure which ones he was involved with. So that gives you an idea of the scale. Now I'm sure there's a certain amount of overheads. Yeah. But like you know, and, and there were people that were named in, in the cab hearings who were members of his gang. Um, some people who are not known as criminals whatsoever, who have you know no no criminal convictions whatsoever, and other people who did have profile for completely different reasons that we weren't aware of.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the names that was featured in
0: the court case
1: was was Sean Enright, who we have written about over over the years. And Sean Enright again does not have uh, a lot of serious convictions, but of course he he maybe became known for after surviving a couple of a uh, Assassination attempts—very serious attempts. Um, one by the I, by the IRA, basically by Alan Ryan's gang, um, and another by I think uh, as part of uh, some North Dublin criminals were suspected. Um, John Enright was described, I think, as a as a close personal friend of of Stephen Saunders.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, like he, he he was shot, and I mean, people were kind of you know. A little perplexed about exactly where his place was in the the kind of the gangland pantheon, Mm. so to speak. You know, we were writing about him, you know, as a a gym boss and music promoter. And yeah, I remember the pictures of him. He was quite, you know, bodybuilder and all the rest. And there was talk about how his fitness helped save his life and this kind of thing. Um, But then it came out in the the cab hearings that he was actually part and parcel of the Saunders organized crime gang. Yeah, um, and there was an affidavit from one of the police who kind of said that he refused to comment, like in an interview, but made enough an outside remark, then that they basically that he'd fallen out with Stephen Saunders after the, the 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 2010 robbery, and that essentially that was the breakup of that group at that stage. So uh, yeah, Sean Enright,
1: like, of course, did like that was ultimately that was the evidence given by Cab Sean Enright. I think has spoken previously to us actually because he did. Ultimately, after uh, one of the assassination attempts, eventually left Ireland and and moved to Eastern Europe and set up a gym there. And he did at one point speak to us saying he's not no involvement in anything. Um, you know, however, um he he hasn't really appeared back in Ireland on a regular basis since, as far as I know. Um also like he he would have been associated Stefan Saunders, at least in in, you know, in partly with the the, the Bradley brothers as well would have been, uh, you know, in that same circle. And the Bradley brothers, of course, as well, were ultimately convicted of uh, an attempted cash and transit robbery as well, which, which came in the Don Dunn, who was shot dead in a separate incident.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's kind of, you know, I don't know whether it's the, the influence of Heat movie with, you yeah. know, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, where, you know, it kind of, the pinnacle of the criminal underworld is to be, you know, a clever bank robber because you're stealing from the rich and you're giving to the poor, i.e. yourself. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it kind of shows that you've got a bit of, you know, you've got a bit of brains and you can outwit the, the man, you can outwit the establishment, you know. And so even, even sometimes people who are involved in other crime, you know, drugs might be their main business. Like you saw this with Eamon Dunn. Like, why would the hell would he be involved in a cash and transit robbery? He was at the scene, you know, like in, in Selbridge that time. And it's a, it's about, it's about I don't know, reputation and about you know, proving that you're a proper macho, you know, apex uh, criminal that you carry out an armed robbery. And you know, the or or again, you know, I mean. The other side of it is it's fundraising that, you know. See, this is the other thing. It's the need for liquidity, I think, as well. Like, because these
1: guys, they get drugs, get seized and they have to pay money back. And I think some of that maybe drove Eamon Dunn. He, He, by the end of his life, I think he was getting involved in, you know, taking over debts and collecting them for other people. And, you know,
0: all sorts of uh, ways to just have cash in hand, you know. Yeah, and I suppose like a you know a like cash in in Spain or Holland is going to buy you whatever half a million worth of of drugs. It for, for get you well on back on your
1: feet if if you if you go through that that problem. And um, are the days of of bank robbery gangs, tiger kidnapping gangs are they are they gone in the the cashless world? You can't even buy your NCT with cash anymore. <laughs> I'd be worried about your
0: car. Anyway. <laughs> but they, I, look, I, I doubt it. I mean, I know that there's a big move away from cash and, and there's there's less of it about. And I'm certainly, I'm sure a lot of, you know, retailers are quite happy not to be keeping large amounts for various reasons. But I mean, even recently we saw like, you know, the people using, you know, uh, plant hire machinery to dig ATMs out of the wall and you know, all the rest of it. I mean, there's all anywhere, if someone thinks there's 50 grand or 80 grand or whatever sitting somewhere, someone's going to have a go at at some point, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the ones around the border, there was like a load. they had to do quite a lot of them. They managed to amass a huge amount of money um, and it wasn't just one gang. It seems to have been all sorts of offshoots. Um, but m- maybe the days of, uh, you know, the those highly organized gangs, they don't seem to
0: be, in Operation as much in Ireland, did it or in, in well? Like, well, like uh, I'd say if you go into a bank now with a gun and shout, Hold your hands up, you'd be left waiting, you'd be difficult. You're trying to find a member of staff to even yeah. threaten, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think that maybe that's part of the plan by but the banks as well. To, 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 yeah. But, yeah, look, I mean, it, it is moving away, it, it is high risk because uh, you know, I mean. Which, you know, it, it does potentially attract, you know, uh, you a know, heavy sentence, which it didn't in Stefan Saunders' case. Yeah. I mean, there he was caught red-handed with a gun, you know, presumably going to terrorize some poor driver of a cash van. Um, and, you know, he got a seven and a half year sentence. It was backdated to when he went into prison. He, he served, I think he was out in September uh, 2020. Yeah. So he was four years inside. For I mean, he for, was
1: ultimately done for conspiracy, wasn't it, rather than 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 the actual than actually robbery. You know. Um. Have we heard about him since he's got out of prison? He hasn't appeared in any of the the
0: cab cases, has he? In person? No, no, I mean, no. He hasn't been seen. And like, I mean, I, I suppose the only inkling we got was like um. Of, of what's going on was was during early on in the cab case they they, they, were, they were looking for free legal aid claimed they would no money yeah um you know that basically since he'd come out he'd been unemployed hadn't been able to you know hadn't been working this is whatever it was uh, two two years ago I think now at this stage yeah uh I, you know and and I think um some of Tammy his wife's income was mentioned it was like kind of five hundred a month that like, you know they were they were living on pup payments then during during lockdown. That sort of thing. So, you know, it was not doing great, let's say, compared to the spending spree that, you know, as characterized by the Criminal Assets Bureau when they bought their rental properties and their nice BMW. Because, of
1: course, like, you know, we also had one amazing incident heard about during that cab case. If you just show the scale of them that that they were actually had. uh, Flown over to Heathrow, Stephen Saunders and a couple of his associates, and they have been actually monitoring a, a plane, very kind of goodfellows like uh, style of crime. Suspected that they were planning off. Obviously, they didn't ultimately get charged in that
0: case. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of a strange one. Like you know, obviously this 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 whole it, it was actually I think an Inter an Interpol police report from the UK um, back to the police in Ireland. It's very much to say. Look, we, we we found and questioned one of your interesting characters, Mr. Stefan Saunders, and another associate who were um, <coughs> sitting in a van on the on the edge of Heathrow, watching uh, money being transferred, cash being transferred onto an, air, an, an Aer Lingus flight. And it turns out then uh, Damien Noonan had also uh, booked a flight to Dublin, so he could watch it from the departures lounge at the same time. Um, and this is just a couple of months before uh, they were they were caught in Julie in, in in that. ATM delivery robbery. So I mean they were, they were obviously had their their eye on something and we do know though there was an attempt uh, in in at a at a cash robbery in Dublin airport um, sometime afterwards. So I mean they obviously had their eye on some of these this cash coming in whatever it is. I you know there's various uh, cash movements by firms and banks, you know, you know throughout the world obviously. Yep. You know, it's how foreign exchange works. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's st- stuff for a potential mini-movie there, I think, you know. It definitely is. Um, and would you consider giving him a go, changing your locks yourself, or would you think twice about it? No, I, I, I'll just keep it on the straight and narrow, Niall. I wouldn't like to be able to, you might use it against me. He's, you know, he's got <laughs> yeah. lock-picking skills. Mightn't be something that I necessarily want to be known for. Uh, thanks very much, Eamon, and we'll maybe come back to Stefan Saunders again. It's I've it's, No doubt we will at some point, you know. It's always a pleasure now. Thanks very much, Eamon